outside the world, then that changes their life view. It changes their whole point of view around earth. And that's our essential Christian doctrine, is that Jesus was born of a virgin because he was God, or is God. And then we'll, later on we'll look at the, the death and the resurrection, that he actually died and then resurrected as well. Those, the, everything hangs on those two things in our, in our entire belief system and all of Christianity. So we ask the question then, who is Jesus? And, and the answer to that question changes everything if the answer to that question is Jesus is God especially from a skeptic or a, or a non-Christian point of view. The identity of Jesus is central is the central question to all of our lives, whether we're Christian or non-Christian. Because if Jesus is who he says he is, then that changes, like I said, everything, the entire world revolves around that. If Jesus isn't who he said he was, then he was crazy, for one, and we'll look at that uh, probably next week. And two... Everything we're doing in here today is pointless. Me being up here is pointless. And so we're going to look through some of the things. So a skeptic will say, I haven't really been convinced that he did claim this or that he demonstrated it about being God. So until then, I don't have to do anything. And again, they still see him as a great teacher, a leader, a revolutionary, right? He started a huge movement, one of the biggest movements ever in the history of, of the world but they're still not convinced that he really is God. And they'll even go to the point of saying that Scripture will say, those who, who study it, say that Jesus never really claimed to be God. Meaning, Jesus never said the words, I am God. And technically, that is true. If you go through all the Bible, there's never a time where if you look, Jesus is quoted as saying, I am God. He does say, I am, and we're going to look at that here in a minute. But he never comes out and truly says, I am God. But he spends a whole lot of time letting people know he was. And so, and that's what we're going to kind of look at. And so this is where Christianity parts way with the rest of the world and other religions. You know, very few religions actually believe that the, their prophet or their, their savior or whoever it is that they worship or, or was actually God himself. <clears throat> and that's where Christianity stands out. Christianity states that Jesus is God himself and that he came down to earth and that we should follow and worship him as God. You know, very few religions actually follow that kind of structure of their, you know, behind Muhammad. No, they don't believe Muhammad was God. They believe he was a, a wonderful prophet. You know, very, you know, other religions have multiple gods that they worship, but, but very few of them have a singular God and that they look at. So, let's look at this question then. Did Jesus claim to be God? Anyone want to answer that? <laughs> God in the flesh, okay. And we're going to look at several scriptures here. But, I, yes, he claimed he was the Son of God. And this is some of the things that we're going to look at that, as we dive into it and get into the details of it, there's some differences and there's some things that he did claim. And so we're going to look at those and dive into the details of why he claimed the way he was and who he was. Look at that. So I'm not going to read all of it, but if you look at John 8, basically all of John 8, and, and to me, 
as I read this, to me it's a little humorous, to be honest with you, because the whole entire chapter, Jesus is hinting to the Pharisees and, and, and the, the religious people of the de- at the day that he is God, you know, or he's the Son of God. And he, but he never really comes out and says it until you get to the end of John 8 and verses 56 through 59. And he says to them, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, and pay attention to this, born I am. Then they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus had hid himself and went out to the temple. In this day and age, people didn't pick up stones because they were mad, you know, because they were going to hurt you a little bit or run you off. They picked up stones in this day and age to kill you because of this one verse that he said, and actually it's the two words that he said, and we're going to look at that. When he says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am, that's why they got so mad, because Jesus is doing two things here in, in this whole chapter, really. He said, first he is affirming what's called the doctrine of pre-existence, meaning that Jesus, that he existed as God before he was born and even before Abraham himself. And with some of the verses we can look at for here, uh, if you look at 1 John 4, 2, John says here, By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And then if we look at John 17, 5, he says, Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So in this verse, he's actually claiming to have been with Christ, or with God, I'm sorry, before the world was even made. If we look at John 3, I mean, I'm going to go through a lot of these, so you may not be able to keep up with me. And I, I can try to slow down a little bit. John 3.13 says, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, again claiming that he came from heaven and existed before time. And if we look at John 6.38, he said here, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me, which is God, and then if you look at verse 41 there, they get mad. The Jews said, therefore, the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> this is where part of their, uh, up, where they got upset. You know, this bothers them, but the next thing we're going to look at is what really set them off. You know, he, he's claiming to have come from heaven. And, you know, so, okay, well, maybe the Jews can, can address that and, and work with it. You know, they didn't really tear them. But the second thing he does in that verse is what sets him off. Secondly, Jesus claims to be Israel's God specifically. And, and a lot of scholars believe that there's a reason why Jesus never really came out and said, I am God, in those terms. Because that day and age, there were a lot of polytheistic cultures, meaning that they worship multiple gods. So for someone to come down and say that they were a god, or that there was another god, it wasn't a big deal, really. I mean, because... There was a lot of gods in that, that time of day, so anyone could really claim to be that. 
But he actually specifically claims, you know, Israel's religion was monotheistic, meaning they believed in one God. And so he specifically claims to be Israel's God and not just a God. And so if you look at this, if we go back to verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, he was not just using bad grammar. <laughs> right? He wasn't just saying, you know, he could have said, before Abraham was, I was, meaning he existed before then. But he says, and he emphasizes the preexistence, I am. And there's a reason why, and this is why it's a really big deal. And this is why it set them off to the fact that they wanted to kill him. And then to order to get this, we have to go all the way back to Exodus and the burning bush. Yes? Well, they believe that Jesus came. They don't believe that there's the Savior, that God has come back yet to save the Jewish race like they're going to do. And that's where we're going. So if we look at Exodus 3, verses 13 and 14, and this is when Moses is you know, approached to seize the burning bush, and, he, and God tells him to go and to free Israel from slavery. So then as we read this, Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So if you look all the way back to John 5, 8, so whenever they ask him this question, and Jesus says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. They knew what that meant. They knew exactly what that meant. And so, at that point, he was saying, I am God. And that's why they went to stone him, because in that day, that was blasphemy, and that was punishable by death. And so, you know, that, that is one of those things. So God, no, Jesus never did say, I am God, but in, that, in this sense, he did. And so I am is one of the most sacred names that was given for God in the Old Testament. It's used several times. It's actually used hundreds of times. Uh, some text said it was used a thousand times, but I put hundreds because uh, I couldn't find that. But it was used hundreds of times to describe God in the Torah or the Old Testament. So they understood what he was saying when, when he said that. And Jesus is now, again, like I said, applying that to himself. So, I mean, again, that's why you see this. Therefore, in verse 59, they picked up stones to throw at him, and Jesus hid himself, and they couldn't see him, and he went out of the temple. Because he knew, and they knew, what he was claiming at that point. And so if we look at this, this actually happens three chapters prior in John and two chapters later. If we look at John 5, verse 17, but he answers them, My father is working until now, and I am I am myself am working. Now, the context around this was he was doing work on the Sabbath. And the Jewish people of the day were upset because he was doing work on the Sabbath. 
So why is it a big deal if he says, my father is working until now, and I am myself am working? Why is, it, why, is that a, why is that a huge deal? Because he was overstepping the rules. I mean, if they've been teaching the people about the Sabbath, if they don't get an understanding of themselves, but when Jesus says this, he's saying, I'm equal to God to do or to change the law. Yep. So that first thing, and my father, so he, when he says my father, he is putting him at the same or equal with God. So that's one reason. And then he says, I, and I myself am working. So he's doing, his father's working. He's putting him at the same pedestal or the same level as God. And then I'm doing the work too. So then he's saying, so not only am I equal to, with God, I have the right to act as his father or as God. Yep. <laughs> so they, they understood this meaning. What does it read first 18 for me? I didn't put it in there. 18, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal to God. Yep. I may have put that one in there. It may be in a minute. He was always seeking to be fulfilled as Yeah, but but they understood that him saying that he would that God was his father. You know, in, in, that, in theology in those days, if you were the son of a king, then you were, you were just as powerful most of the time as that king. And, so when you, and if you're saying, I'm the son of a god, then I'm a god. And so, or I am god or equal with god. So that was the, that was the thing that, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. From the very beginning, yeah. yeah. They expected him to come down out of heaven, magnificent, not like we're, we're going to study you know, this time of year of being born in a, and put in a food trough. So, and so then if we look at John uh, 10, verses 29 through 30, it says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And this is where, again, they get set off. I and the Father are one. And so let, I want to dive into this just a little bit. Because I think sometimes even us as Christians get a little confused on this. He is not saying that he and the Father are the exact same person. And so that's something we have to make sure we realize, is that there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And although all three are one, they're actually all three separate or different beings. And so if you look at this, he uses the plural form are, so being multiple, followed by the singular one or one thing. So he's saying we are multiple, but we are all the same. We're all one being. And again, so when you, when you look at that, when he says I and the Father are, it's a plural form of multiple people being God or being one in this sense. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think if, if you look at the, the, the theology and the text around this, that God, they are all one in the sense that they are God, but they're God in different forms. So there's God, there's 
Jesus, who's God in the flesh, and then there's the Holy Spirit, who's God in spirit. And so, they all, all three are the, and this can get confusing sometimes, they all are the same, but they all have different functions and, and, and purpose. I, I, I don't know, I'm not a God, so it's kind of hard, I guess, to, to offer us to wrap that around our, you know, our minds of how can you be three separate things, but still be all the same, but yet one thing knows what, or doesn't know what one's, you know, and so, yeah. Hmm. Correct. I, I think that would be correct. I think that's a good analogy. <laughs> that's what she just said. <laughs> uh, great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all right. It's hard to hear. You know, she's talking this way, so go ahead. No, and I agree, and so, and that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit, you know, when we when we become saved, and we, you know, that's what part of the baptism is, is we, you know, when we look at that, is we come in contact, or we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And so that's God within us. So, you know, th- those are the different purposes, and they all they all are the same person, but they all have three different, I would say, I guess, functionalities or purposes. Christ's role and become or and God becoming flesh was to come down to die on the cross and and to you know so and to sacrifice himself so that we could be saved right and then we have the holy spirit which its purpose is to guide us as christians and to show you know to help us we we got the word which is a gift of the holy spirit so all those different things each one has its different function but they understood what he was saying here you know he was saying that you know we're 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 not exactly the same. We're plural, but we're, I'm still God. And so, again, they try to, try to kill him here. Go ahead. Right here? Yeah, that word that he used when he's talking about worship, that Hebrew word that he used is talking about from the beginning of time to the end of time. Correct. And he's also talking about when it comes to creation, he's talking about agriculture, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I meant to point that out, and I forgot. No, that that's a good point. Yeah, it was not a, I'm working here now. It's, I've been working from the beginning of the time. Yeah. So yeah. we really won't understand completely how that works until we get up there. Oh, I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, let me find back where I was at. Uh, da, da, da. Yes. Exactly. 
Yeah, John did say it, yes. You know, and if you look at John 1, 1, you know, yes, he definitely does. John says he was, and multiple people, and we're going to look at that here in a minute, multiple people claimed that he was or told him he was or asked in, in a sense that he was, and he never refuted that. So, but yeah, you know, and that's my, my, my point is the, 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 the skeptics will say that, yes, others claim that he was God, but Jesus himself never said, I am God. Now, if we look at these scriptures, you know, he did, but he just never said the words exactly the way they, that, that they try to battle and, and argue that he did. So then if we look at John, after he says all that, we look at John 10, 31 through 33. He says, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. So this is the third time. And this time he actually responds to them. And so Jesus said to them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you going to stone me? So I've done all these things. I've you know, healed people. I've you know, done all this stuff for you. So why are you going to stone me? For which of these acts? And the Jews even said to them, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. So that they, they knew what he was saying this entire time. Even though he, well, he did. To them, he did. He actually came out and, you know, he claimed that he was God. He said, I am. He said, I mean, multiple. And you've got to realize that, that these aren't just different crowds every single time he's talking in John. There's people who followed him around. There were Jewish leaders who followed him around to keep eyes. To keep, and they tried to trick him. They, tried to, they would try to stumble him up and get him to say things. And he knew what, he, he knew what they were doing. And so he's, he's letting them know who he is. And is, and is making up. So, again, they're not, they're not saying, okay, we're not killing you or trying to kill you for the good things you're done. We're going to kill you because you're claiming to be God. <coughs> and then, what Rosa was talking about, multiple times he is accused of being God and doesn't recant. And I'm not going to go through all of these um, just because, but if you want to write these down, there there's multiple locations in here, times where he was accused of being God, and he does not recant or he does not correct them in doing so. Jesus also teaches things that imply he is God. And some of these things are not things we always pick up on, uh, but we'll kind of look at some of them here. And again, I, didn't put, I put the verses down. I didn't, and I didn't think I'd have time to go through all of them. And it's a lot to kind of to go through that. One, Jesus teaches people to pray to him. If you look at John 14, John 15, and John 16, those verses there, he teaches people to pray to him, and, and you wouldn't do that unless you were God, especially in that day and age. And then we see others, including Stephen in Acts, Paul in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Ephesians instruct us to do that, and John as well in Revelations teaching the same thing. And then, Jesus also accepts worship, something that was reserved in that time for God alone. You didn't worship any other God but God. And if you look in John 20, 28 and 29, Thomas here said to him, My Lord and my God. And that was a worship-type phrase that you would say. He called him his Lord and, and his God. And again, if Jesus wasn't God, he would have corrected him. And then, as we look, Jesus claims a number of titles 
that are used in the Old Testament for what was Yahweh or God at that time. And if you look in John 10, 14, and then you go over to Isaiah 40, 11, the shepherd of, he was the shepherd of Israel. We looked in John at the I Am. In Revelations 1 and, and then also in 22, he is described and claims to be the Alpha and the Omega, which is the beginning and the end, which is another reference for God. And then he's called the Almighty in Revelations 1. And then you could go along, there's many others that you could actually find in the Bible where God is either, or Jesus either is described as God, uses description to claim that he is God or the Son of God, and those type of things. So we have all of this evidence that we can go through and show. If you know a historical content text and understand the Old Testament and what he was saying to the Jewish leader of the time, then we see that. So yes, Jesus claims to be God. He, didn't, he never did say the words, I am God. He did say I am, which meant in that time frame that he was God. But he did claim to be God. But all this really doesn't mean anything. I can claim to be God. I could go around and say all these things and you know, say that I'm the son of God and have all these really cool phrases of saying I am and all that other stuff, but that doesn't mean anything. Anyone can really do that if you know, understand history at all. I mean, I could go around today and claim that I'm God and people could write about it and they could say, well, Chad claimed to be God. And we could say, well, that's the same thing Jesus did. Jesus went around and he claimed to be God. But there's more than that, right? So yes, Jesus claimed to be God. And that's, but, but in the end, that I mean, just claiming to be God is not enough. He demonstrates that he is God by what he does, his actions. And, that, and that's the difference. There's been people who've claimed to be gods, prophets of gods, um, all these the, these things, I mean, the Bible even describes that people are going to come around and, and claim to be Jesus returned and do miraculous signs, that kind of stuff. But these are the things that, that, that God did, or Jesus did as God, that, that they saw. And I mean, even the, the Pharisees in the time, if we go back and look at that verse, you know, he, Jesus says to them, you know, well, so what miracle or what good thing are you going to kill me for? And they're like, none of those. It's, you claim to be God, so that's why we're going to kill you. And so he did. He did the miracles, turned the water into wine. He walked on the water, healing the sick, raised the dead, um, having sovereign control over the, uh, the nature and the world, telling nature just to stand still and it doing it. And then the Bible even talks about the fact that there were, were tons of other miracles that Jesus did that couldn't fit in the Bible. I mean, I forget the way it describes it, but basically it, you know, it would be a book extremely high extremely thick of all the wonderful and miraculous things that Jesus did. So, you know, looking at, at all these things from a skeptic standpoint and from a religious, other religious world standpoint, you know, we are the only ones who can go to our, whatever we have, our scriptures or their, their books or their, their belief systems, and we're the only ones who can go back and show that our, our, the person who we worship as God, Jesus, really was God. And he did the things that he said he did. And I mean, and this is what's wonderful. And we looked at this in the, in the very beginning, looking at the multiple historical texts. 
Jesus, you know, is proven to be who he was. There's several people who wrote about him in historical documents. And so it's not just in the things that he did. So it's not just the Bible claiming that Jesus did these things. It's other people saw and, you know, and claimed that he did these things. And so, you know, but even then, and this is the, the, the great thing, and I'm probably going to get done a little early today. I'm sure y'all won't mind. Um, the other thing, besides just the miracles and doing the other things that he did, Christ himself actually fulfilled and kind of almost, I'll say, destroyed, but did away with four, well, really three symbols of the Jewish structure, and we'll look at those next week. He, he fulfilled those. And one's going to be the temple. The second one's going to be the Torah or the Old Testament. And the third one, my mind just went completely blank on me. What was it? Ah, I can't remember. Be here next week and we'll talk about it. I can't. Yeah, so I can look it back up. I can't remember what the third one was off the top of my head. I don't know why. But anyways, but he fulfilled these things. And then fourthly, which we're going to look at next week, and ultimately he, he conquered death. And that's going to be the, the one that we look at. So, you know, no other of all the other leaders, Muhammad, all the other gods in, in Buddhism or Hinduism, or it's Scientology, or any of these things, none of them, one, claim to be God, and second, all of their leaders have died. And none of them have come back. Now, some think they're going to come back in certain forms and different things like that, but we're the only ones who can show that, one, our, our leader, or our, our Jesus, was God, and that he did die, yes, he was crucified for us so that we could be saved, but then he was resurrected. And we're going to look at that and, and how the, these, these, these four things that he did, how it, it points to and shows that he conquered the old law and the old ways and set up new, a new law and new ways and new ways for us to do things and brought everyone in the world into what he, you know, bringing everyone into the possibility of being saved, not just, just the Jewish people at the time. So we will look at that next week. Any comments? Because we still got 10 minutes. It's the first time I've gotten done this early. Yeah. yeah. He forgave sins. That he, and that's that, that true. I mean, that was another one, too, because they talk about, you know, what power do you have to forgive these people? You know, who are you to do that? And again, that's another one of those areas where he, they, he let them know who he was. And that's the other thing, too. And, that, and so we've got 10 minutes, so this will work. And I, I love the timing of this. You know, if y'all have been following this series, I love the timing of the fact that we're talking about the problem of Jesus, you know, right around Christmas. It just it worked out really, really well. And, and the, that was the biggest problem with the Jewish people of that day. They expected God or Jesus to come back on a, you know, a big white horse, you know, this big, powerful man, he was going to come up and set a throne up in the, in the temple in Israel and was going to conquer the world, right? And so, you know, and, that, and that's because they really didn't pay attention to the, the scriptures. You know, he comes, he's born of a virgin girl who's somewhere between 14 and 16 years old and, you know, who really is a nobody. And Joseph's a nobody. You know, he's, he's a carpenter. 
And so you have Jesus coming into the most powerful person in the world, God, coming through in, 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 a, in a manger, being set in a, in a, born in a barn, set in a, actually it probably would have been a cave, more than likely, set in a food trough where they just put slop and stuff like that for a food. So when you think of your king coming into the world, the last thing you think of is some really poor baby that's, that was born and then put in a food trough and then raised by just a bunch of common people. Yeah, that's part of the Torah, the, the Old Testament, the Old Law. I don't know why I can't think of the third one. That bothers me. I hate it when I forget something like that. <laughs> yeah, I got a week to think about it. All right. So, but no, I mean, so, so when we look at these things and you, you think about that, this is why they struggled so much because most of these people knew who, this, who he was. You know, they, they, they saw him grow up from a child up until the time when he started, you know. So you have this kid who was born in poor circumstances. Is not, doesn't, it comes from nothing. And then all of a sudden he comes in about 30 years later and starts claiming to be God. Even though he was doing all the miracles, he was raising people from the dead, he turned water into wine, he healed people by just touching them or speaking it, and it, it would happen. They still didn't believe him because they, they, they were looking for that, that knight in shining armor, as you would say, coming in on a white horse to come and conquer everyone. And, and really, and then the other thing about it too is Jesus would have been a very plain, for the most part, from what scholars believe, he would have been a very plain-looking, just normal guy. And, you know, and nothing, you know, average, just average Joe. Troy. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, boom, there he is. He's thrust, he's thrust on the scene, and they've got to deal with it. Yeah. Now, the people that have come before them, those that have died in faith, that never saw the promise that was to come, okay, they died in faith, but all of a sudden now, these people have got to deal with here's who was promised. We've got to do something. Yep. Okay. No. And I think, honestly, you know, using an example, I think it would be the same way today. It, what if some, you know, some little kid that was born in some little, you know, housing project around here, you, you know, we, we everyone kind of knew him, several people went to school with him, he grew up, and then 30 years, you know, 30 years after being born, all of a sudden this little kid from some town called Lake Park starts going around claiming to be God and healing people. You know, how, how would, uh, you know, if Jesus hadn't come yet, how would the religious people of the day do? <laughs> Same thing, right? Same thing. And so, and I think no matter what day and age, even with the, I think even with the phones and everything we record all we did, it'd still be the same reaction and it'd still kill him. You know? Yep. 
The, the third one, sorry, I had to look it up because it was bothering me, is, um, is God's return to Zion, right? Or, or his claim of, of returning back to, uh, fulfilling the scripture of uh, returning to Jerusalem. And we're going to look at how that works. There, I, don't, I don't have all the, I'm not going to go into all the descriptions yet, but those were kind of the th- three things was uh, the temple, the Torah, and, and then his return to, to Zion or, or, or reclaim over Jerusalem. And so... We'll look at, and then we'll then we'll look at how he conquered and and um, took over death uh, as well. So, any other comments? All right, and this is this is an interesting thing. And, and oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I speak to this side. I need to put like it right in the middle so I don't do that. Right. That's a perfect example. That is an exact. Yeah, that is a. For who, anyone who didn't hear that, she was talking about the um, how God could be three different things. And, and you look, if you think of water or H two O, and how water, depending on what what state it's in, is either ice, which is frozen solid. You have water, which is liquid, and then you have um, steam, which you know, vapor. You know, and all three are the exact same thing. They're hydrogen, H two O, but they're just in different forms. And so that's a good example. And, that, and I, going back to him, his humility, that's the one thing I love about Jesus, and I think the church needs to, to really focus on and look at a lot, is how humble he was and the, and the people that I, I love more than anything, the people that he associated with. Because he went after, you know, you, I mean, one of the things I, I, I was listening to this week and, and, and studying was the fact that you, most of his disciples were probably illiterate. You know, they were fishermen, they were, you know, non-educated, so they weren't very smart, right? It was smart in those terms. And then, and then the other people he associated with, tax collectors, you know, prostitutes, people who were just of low stature, and, and those are the people that he showed the most love and attention to and time to. And, and I, I love that. I, I think, one, we should be doing that more often, too. But I, that, I love that. I, I think that's a perfect, like I always said, I, I love what Jesus said, and I love the scriptures, and obviously we go by it. But I love his actions and the things that he did that, that just back it up more than anything that I think a lot of those we, we should follow as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. It's not where you come from. It's, 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 it's who you are, right? Right. All right. Anything else before we close? <laughs> no, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't. Because yeah, I mean, if if all he did was hang out with the kings and 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 royal people or high, you know, fluent people at the time, yeah, we would feel you know inferior. And and sometimes we've got to watch because sometimes people outside people outside the church, the unchurched, like we talk about, they feel that same way. They don't feel good enough to come into the church building because look, all these people, all these people here have their lives together. They're great people, you know. And that's the thing. We're really good at making sure that we let people know or show people that we got it all together, right, when we really don't. 
You know, we, we're, we're all messed up just as much as they are. We just know we have a Savior who can do something about it, and that's what we need to be doing and bringing them in and showing them that kind of stuff. All right, we'll finish this up next week.